Welcome everyone to Detest This, a podcast by Detester Magazine, a youth-led platform that strives to amplify BIPOC activism through creative expression led by hosts, Sophia and Alyssa. Visit our website, detester.org, for for publication updates. Follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more at Detester Magazine to support our latest work. Detest This is a podcast specifically geared towards the voices of people of color all around the globe. We aim to provide a platform for fresh, urgent voices in order to push forth untraditional, multicultured, intersectional ideas and experiences. We will give you some things to detest and maybe some things you shouldn't. Nowadays, beauty standards are much more different than how they were a few years ago. Beauty standards, in fact, have always been a thing and probably always will be. However, they're very different according to different societies and eras around the world. All these cultures have their individual concepts of beauty, each with its own history and evolution. The first known beauty norms originate from 2,000 years ago approximately, in Greece and Rome, and we imagine that's when the Western beauty standards were set. Greek parents-to-be were so concerned about their children's beauty that they placed statues of Aphrodite or Apollo, two deities of physical appearance, in their bedrooms to help them conceive beautiful children. For example, Plato says the three wishes of every Greek were to be healthy, to be beautiful, and to become rich, in honest ways, obviously. By Greek standards, the standard of beauty lies in the harmonious symmetry of facial features. And the quote is, mathematics was the key to form. To them, there was specific significance in the number three. The perfect face was divided into three sections, from hairline to eyes, from eyes to upper lip, and from upper lip to chin. And the ideal face was two-thirds as wide as it was high. And same mechanism goes for Rome. The first manual of beauty advice was written only in the first century, and the science of makeup became well-known in the ancient world. Women, for example, tinted their hair if it became gray, smeared wrinkled skin with wax to make it look smoother, or even replaced missing eyebrows with ones made the fur. In the Middle Ages, like such as from the 13th to 15th century, the standards of beauty were also very specific. So hair should be blonde and fine like gold wire, and if nature didn't provide the proper color, it could be produced by dyes imported from the East. And gray eyes were definitely prized above everything else. Elegant women of the 16th century had Queen Elizabeth I as their own ideal of beauty. By her visibility, obviously, they dyed their hair to mimic hers, plucked their eyebrows, and wore thick layers of cosmetics to look just like her. Also, pale skin was heavily sought after by the Elizabethans, which is why Venetian carus, a substance made of white lead which helped women achieve the ghastly white face, was so popular. In the 16th century, Solomon's water guaranteed to eliminate all spots, freckles, and warts from the face, and it was a highly popular product. In the same era, women began to realize that rotting teeth were unattractive, so they concocted tooth powders to smear on their bad teeth. If that failed, for example, they resorted to the familiar trick of the day, keeping their mouth closed. Before World War I, voluptuous faces and bodies were very popular, but since the advent of motion pictures, the faces and bodies of Hollywood stars have often been defined the parameters of our concept of beauty, whereas a few have been able to parlay their own quirky look and counterpoint to the prevailing standard. Analyzing the historical beauty examples, 
it doesn't become really hard to realize that social class in economic and political terms are the main factors for setting beauty standards. For example, faces of ideal women should be pale because tan skin was country women who had to work outdoors. So, who then sets the standards for modern beauty? Since the classical times, attempts have been made, as we've told you before, to define beauty. The history of Western culture reveals that many concepts of beauty have been celebrated at different times and places. Exactly. For many, nothing escapes the influence of media and communications. Think, for example, of how many times uh, a patient has asked for facial aesthetic surgery inspired by the picture of some actor or actress from a magazine as a model. Through their films, TV, magazines, developed countries definitely have spread their prototypes of beauty globally, influencing the original concepts held by other cultures and ethnic groups. Exactly. And that makes me think of one time where recently this trend in K-pop idols having been used as a prototype for facial cosmetic surgery definitely proves how at this point we've established that beauty is definitely a social construct, but let's look into how patriarchy, a system found in most societies, has influenced these beauty standards. Definitely. A glaring trend notable in this timeline is the oscillation between exaggerated feminine forms, big breasts, large buttocks, or long hair, and the rejection to this feminine ideal, so youthful figures, small breasts, and shorter hair, in contrast. Usually caused by a strong feminist movement, reaching to the norm of women being exhaustively heterosexual and only wanting the attention of cisgender males. So it's no wonder most advertising campaigns insist on becoming the most beautiful or the sexiest. But in our opinions, who other than men would women want to look sexier to? The 1920s were marked by an androgynous look for women. They smoothed their chests and tight bras and wore baggy clothing that camouflaged their curves. They also cut their hair in short locks. Coincidentally, this era also marked the time in which women obtained the right to vote. A really great example occurred in the 60s to 70s. Women then preferred slim models like Twiggy and moved away from the corsets. This also coincided with the second wave of the women's rights movement. Beauty has become such a necessity to be genuinely accepted in society that women do their best to achieve true beauty perfection, and they have to constantly work to modify their bodies in some way, be it by donning a rib corset, like you said, or dieting and exercising extensively. Exactly, and that also makes me think of uh, Middle Eastern society as it is uh, today. So uh, women around me and around the Middle East constantly seek plastic surgery for example two-thirds of lebanese women actually uh, go and have plastic surgery and the rest constantly think about it dieting products and exercising products are constantly advertised everywhere and they're usually the first products on shelves in pharmacies or supermarkets As such, the multi-billion dollar beauty and cosmetic industries insist that we want to change the fit of script. And this is where, once again, we see a connection between capitalism, the economy, and body image. This unattainable system from the Eurocentric lens. But if we take a global look at beauty standards, we can see that this trend is also prevalent outside of this capitalistic beauty economy. 
Yeah, ideal beauty has always been really out of reach, which causes many to suffer from depression, body dissatisfaction, low self-esteem, which results in eating disorders or even death in some extreme cases. And while Western culture desires slim bodies, countries with a lack of resources seek a body type that expresses abundance. Many African countries yearn for curves, and in Eastern Europe where poverty is rampant, the philosophy of more is more applies. So tons of makeup, fancy clothes, and exaggerated and unnatural looks are considered beautiful. If we plot the beauty timeline on a map, you will find that the origins of beauty standards are shifting to the Northwest. This is because European and Western cultures have defined beauty standards throughout history. So keep in mind that these are the countries with the greatest power and influence, so consequently with the most powerful and influential people and standards as well. Many argue that the social understanding of beauty has been altered by colonization and imperialism, which imposed a white standard for measuring beauty, leading to the idea that whiter is better. As such, minority women who are forced to conform to certain social standards or who face marginalization. For example, the pressure to lose weight, undergo plastic surgery, change hairstyles, and change behavior, a practice known as code switching, are the consequences of today's colonialism. In Latin American countries, identity, status, and beauty are generally based on racial makeup. Skin tone and facial features influence these factors. In particular, colorism, which is discrimination based on skin tones, creates hierarchies within the race. Yeah, and so those who are most similar to Europeans usually rise to the top of the beauty system. So while light-skinned Latin Americans are the minority, they are the richest, most politically powerful, and meter-represented group, which reminds you of how in modern-day society, we have we often prioritize those who are mixed or light-skinned, which is just a reflection of this, which has already happened in the past. Yeah. And on the contrary, indigenous and dark-skinned people are completely ignored, which in Latin America leads to a denial of blackness. But moving on to a more modern-day view about beauty standards, I'm sure that from one way or another, we've had our own experiences with beauty standards and have our own struggles and thoughts about it. But what exactly is the modern-day beauty standard? If you watch those YouTube videos that go from the ancient society's ideal type to modern-day supermodels, you'd be surprised how much the standard has changed, which we've just run you through. But modern-day beauty standards are heavily Eurocentric. So what does this look like? Take a look at most social media influencers, models, or actors. Slim noses, big eyes, lighter fair skin are typically preferred in most societies. But beauty standards are so unique in that it's very hard to isolate yourself from the ideal standard that you see surrounding you. Because of this, women or just people in general go in order to be closer to the beauty standard or the depression caused by not fitting in are terrifying and lead to tangible eating disorders and mental repercussions. And recently, the standard is also amplified by modifiers such as beauty filters and cosmetic surgery, where a simple TikTok scroll can convince you that your nose is too flat, your hips are too wide, and your skin is not light enough. I don't know how many times I've scrolled through my TikTok for you page, and I've seen people that look much prettier and fit the beauty standard much better than I do, and felt instantly worse about myself. Of course, many of us know that the whitewashing, photo editing that goes on behind the scenes, but it all overwhelmingly points to a narrative that white beauty is the right beauty. 
And the result of this ideology is super widespread. Two-thirds of dermatological products in India have to do with skin lightening. 77% of Nigerian women attempt to bleach their skin. One in three Lebanese women seek out cosmetic surgery. Yeah, and all this reminds me about how just the Eurocentric beauty standard affects different regions in different ways. So in Taiwan, where I live, we have a plethora of cosmetic stores and K-pop idols that are really popular as well. And just a few things, at least in East Asian society that I've noticed are just, we have a lot of eyelid tape. So because monolids are generally not Eurocentric beauty standard, a lot of women are forced to tape their eyelids into making them double like eyelids as well. And like a lot of bottles on our shelves are just like skin whitening or skin brightening. And I just feel like that overwhelmingly leads to the fact that, you know, people want lighter, fairer skin and they kind of look down upon those that are more tan as well. Um, I don't know if you can relate. Can you care to elaborate on how this is like in Egypt? Yeah, of course. So honestly, I've witnessed firsthandedly how this colonization that we've talked about impacted uh, Middle Eastern and or Egyptian views uh, of beauty standards. So, you know, uh, in the Middle East, people don't look the same. I mean, we have 22, 23 countries and mm. each have their own um, beauties but I've seen how the western beauty standard ca- kind of dominates so we have people with fair skin tones and others with, with darker skin tones and usually I mean it's the women of the Levant so Jordanian, Lebanese uh, Syrian women that are considered the more beautiful and again because of this view that lighter skin is prettier so as a result whitening cream or a brightening foundation is the most sold product Uh, i usually never see foundation for darker skin tones here in egypt where uh, women are usually darker in skin Uh, but Also, like talking about the Levant, people there, women there have, you know, more crooked noses, more Roman noses, and that's obviously not the beauty standard in the West. I mean, people privilege more, um, like, upward, straight, button noses. And that's why, I mean, as we said, one in three Lebanese women seek plastic surgery. And the most widespread surgery in the Middle East is the nose surgery. So, um, I mean, countries like Iran or Turkey are known for these types of surgeries and people from all over the world go to these places to get them. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think in East Asia, at least, the nose shapes or like the features of our face are generally like a lot flatter. So we Mm -hmm. barely have any like a strong defined nose but even yes. that, I feel like a lot of like Asian women, at least, feel like they need pointier, more upturned noses instead of flatter, rounder noses as well. So, yeah, I guess it's fickle in both scenarios. And, you know, we just find ourselves like unhappy no matter what region we're in. Mm-hmm. And that actually makes me think, and it's funny in the sense where um, Arab women actually consider uh, Asian women as the beauty standard like um i mean we tend to go for more really yeah 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 like 
we we do makeup that make our eyes um, like that stretch your eyes more where you guys seek eyelid tape i don't think anyone perfectly fits the beauty standard in fact i don't think there is one specific beauty standard as we've seen each society has its own perception of beauty and by society i mean community it doesn't even have to be a whole country or a whole region maybe different communities in each country you never know there are infinite amounts of types of beauty so honestly don't worry about fitting it i mean here in the middle east women and young girls grow up with really big voluminous hair that we constantly destroy every single day trying to straighten trying to fit the western beauty standard of having perfectly straight hair and like for example as we speak i'm a person with big voluminous curly hair and as we speak i have my hair straightened uh, and we usually do these for big events like parties weddings where we want to look beautiful and prettier than usual but something i've seen and noticed is that um i mean in the past year a few months while scrolling through tiktok i've seen many women from the west trying to uh trying tips and trying to get their hair to be as big and voluminous and curly as they can and that's something i don't fully comprehend i mean as a person with curly hair i don't see why anyone else would want to have it but you know what at the end of the day i think i think it's pretty i think it's beautiful and that just shows how um there isn't one standard of beauty what you can hate for yourself someone else can love and i'm sure many of you have experienced this wherever you are so as cheesy and common as the sentence sound everyone is beautiful and i don't think it's cheesy i think it's completely 100% true as i said what you don't like for yourself someone else likes if you don't find yourself beautiful if you don't find yourself pretty i can assure you you are the beauty standard for someone else so don't worry about that you are beautiful and everyone is beautiful on their own yeah so this all goes to show that many people of color today feel like their bodies their faces are something that they should be ashamed of this traces back to like what we've said Tons of colonization, white beauty standards that have been washed and painted over us and our bodies. But we need to know that for one, beauty standards are extremely subjective and that the white beauty standard is a result of our past and things that we could not control. And today, whether you be looking on social media or just the people around you, know that you are your own different type of beauty. And at the very least, beauty is not something that should affect your self-worth and how you perceive yourself. With that, I'd like to say thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we hope we expanded your perceptions. And don't forget to follow us on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and more at The Tester Magazine. 
and our website at thetester.org to learn more about issues affecting BIPOC communities and meet inspiring BIPOC creators.